Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 5, um, and we're going to be going through um, this little cool parable, or not parable, but a story rather, and uh, through praying and, and through thinking about what I was going to talk about um, this morning, God really impressed upon my heart the need to actually um, not just come to church, but, um, but do more than that, and that's to, to hear from the, from the Lord, to hear the Word of God, and to listen to the call that He has placed on each and every one of our lives. I mean, you don't have to be called to something miraculous or great to be called. The Lord has put a calling on everyone's lives. So this morning, we're going to be uh, talking about that. So if you guys will open your Bibles again to Luke chapter 5, uh, starting in verse 1. Verse 1 reads, So it was, as the multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God, that's key, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Lord, ma- or Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing, but nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish so that their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they, uh, and they came and filled the boats so they began to sink. Verse 8. So Simon Peter saw and fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. Uh, so he, or for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And also were, John, or were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. So, um, cool story here. Uh, I was actually teaching through the, the book of Luke um, when, I, when I took over the, the youth ministry here, and um, I don't think uh, I could have picked, or Cody could have picked a better book for me to go through as a, as a rookie, as a greenhorn, and uh, the Lord totally spoke to me through the book of Luke, so I wanted to bring that and share that my experience with you guys, and I really feel like, um, you know, the Lord has, has spoken to me in a way that is undeniable, and he has put a call in my life in a way that's undeniable, and uh, for me to deny that and for me to um, ignore or you know, disobey the Lord would be, a, would be a bummer on my end because the Lord wants to use every single one of us in, in, in such a way that we can't even imagine. So it says here in verse 1, So it was when the multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Um, the lake of Gennesaret is actually um, the Sea of Galilee. Anyone heard the Sea of Galilee? Um, it's, in, it's in Israel. Um, I actually got a chance to go to Israel in uh, December of just this last year, it was the the coolest thing I could have ever done in, in my whole entire life. I was just so blessed to go and and the the Sea of Galilee as I, as I was reading it and stuff before I actually ever went there, I thought the sea was like a sea. All I know is the Sea of Galilee to be like an ocean, right? That's what I think of. Um, and actually, it's about the Sea of Galilee is about seven miles in like width and about twelve and a half miles in length. So it's a manageable lake, and um, and so they were um, Jesus was was coming there to, to teach the multitudes, and, uh, and it says that they pressed in to hear the word of God. Um, the people pressed in to hear the word of God. Um, why do you think that the people pressed in to hear the word of God? Well, normally I ask the kids and they answer, but you know, in this instance, I, I, I won't. I'll just tell you. So the, the, the reason they pressed in to hear the word of God is because they realized that, that this Jesus guy w- was speaking more than just words. He was speaking life. He was speaking truth, and he wasn't just... Um, he wasn't just talking just to hear himself talk. 
I mean, he's God. If you, he can hear himself talk when he's not even talking. It's crazy. So do, do we, though, my question for you guys is, do we actually press in to hear the word of God when we come to church? Or when we come to church, do we come because our wives or our husbands are dragging us there? Or, um, you know, because we have good friends there and we want to see how they're doing? Uh, or do we come to church to actually hear from God and to hear the, the living God speak to us? And he's going to speak to us if we come to church with that expectancy that we're going to hear from him. And so I think it's, it's major, it majorly important that we press in. You're going to hear me use this uh, term press in uh, a lot. And it's, it's the, you know, John, John was the disciple of love, right? He was the, the disciple whom Jesus loved. At least that's the way he titled himself. Um, and he, you got so close to Jesus that, that he put his head, you know, on, on uh, Jesus' chest and he could hear his heartbeat. And that's what this pressing in means. Um, we can come to church all day long and for weeks. And I mean, I did it for, for years. I went to church twice a week, youth group, and then also, you know, on Sundays um, or midweek and then Sundays. But uh, I, I didn't go there to actually with an expectancy to hear from God. And as soon as I, I went with an expectancy from here to God, what do you, what do you know? I actually got something out of the message. You know, um, it's kind of funny how that works. So let's skip down to here to verse two. It says, and uh, or let's read verse one again, sorry. So it was as the multitudes pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Um, I'm not a fisherman. I, I like to fish. Um, I wish we, I could fish more, but I, I wouldn't call myself a fisherman, but um, they used uh, nets back in those days to catch fish. It wasn't like, they have one pole and they're bringing in, you know, a fish to eat for their family. It's, I mean, there was a big ordeal. So they had these big nets. And when I got a chance to go to Israel, they had, uh, we went on the Sea of uh, Galilee, the Lake of Gennesaret, and, um, and we had this guy with a cool ponytail, like, throw this net and it, like, spread out and stuff. And I got to see the whole thing happen. And um, I like ponytails, anyways. Um, <laughs> so... So the fishermen, um, once you catch fish and stuff, when you pull it up, um, what happens? Some fish, you know, die. Some of the, there's a bunch of gunk and, and junk in, in the nets, right? And so naturally, to, to be able to, to be used the next time, what would you have to do to the nets? You have to wash the nets. So it says that they were, the fishermen had gone from him and they were washing their nets. If they hadn't washed the nets, they wouldn't be ready for the next time they go to use the nets. It wouldn't be, um, I mean, common sense just tells us that obviously you can need to wash your nets just like, um, your dog, right? You're going to wash your dog after you're done or else he's just filthy and gross, right? You don't want him anywhere near you. So um, verse three, then he had gotten to one of the boats, which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he, uh, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Um, anytime that Jesus teaches, we see here, uh, he sits down. That's what a rabbi does. He sits down to teach. Just a cool little uh, thought there as I was reading through that. I was like, why is he sitting down? But He's sitting down because he, he can, and he's God, and that's what rabbis did. He sat down. So um, by putting out a little from the crowd, Jesus got into Simon's boat and said, hey, put out a little from the crowd. Um, why he did that, or once again, I was going to ask you as a question, but I'm just going to answer that question for you. The reason he did that was to make like a, a natural amphitheater. When I was over um, there, um, there's a cool little, on the Capernaum side, that's where it's called his city, Jesus Christ's city, and that's where Simon would have been from. And the, the side of Capernaum on the uh, Sea of Galilee um, there's like this little cove. We don't know if that's where he actually pushed out from, but you know, uh, it's kind of cool to think that he did there. So we'll say that he did. And uh, so he pushed out a little bit and made this cool little um, amphitheater thing. So as he speaks, it bounces off the water and, and um, you know, he could, and everyone can hear. It didn't have this little wire deal right here like I do. Um, so I thought that was just kind of cool that, um, you know, God uses just practical things. He could have just 
He could have just like spoke in a way to where everyone could hear, you know, but he didn't. He used the, the practical things of this world. Some people, when they hear from God or when they, they have experience with God, they expect it to be like, you know, him coming down on, on the white beard on a stallion, you know, and that's just not the way it happens. Um, so verse four, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your, cats for an, uh, let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my nets. Peter, or Jesus asked Peter to do something that, um, that doesn't make sense. Launch out into the deep. Um, doing a little research on how you fish in the Sea of Galilee and just how the procedure works, you would, uh, you would fish at night because, Master, we have toiled all night. So that tells me right there that they had fished all night and the fishing was done at night. And they were normally fishing was done in the shallow because the fish like to go to, you know, the hotter it gets, they like to go to deeper waters to stay cooler. So, you know, at night they can go into the shallow waters. And so um, Jesus says, hey, Peter, you know, launch out into the deep and let down your, cats for an, uh, let down your nets for a catch. And uh, so fishing was done at night, and it wasn't something that Peter was used to. Uh, Peter was like, Lord, we've been fishing, you know, working our butts off all night, and yet you're telling me to go out into the deep? That doesn't make sense. Um, but do you guys notice, ever, ever notice that when God has put a call in your life, when God has asked something of you, does he ask you to do something that you love and that like you're excited about and that's easy and like the, there's going to be like a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? I've never experienced that. If that is you, come talk to me. I'd love to hear your tricks. And, and, but that's just not the way it is. The Lord calls us to do things that uh, do hard things. There's a youth conference. It's called Do Hard Things. And I thought that was just so perfect that God doesn't call us to do just, he, he doesn't, when we become saved, when we ask Jesus Christ into our heart and we ask him into our lives, does all of a sudden do our bills get paid like that and do we not have to work anymore? We win the lottery. Has that happened to anyone? Hasn't happened to me. And so God calls us to do things that don't make sense. You know, like launch out into the deep. Peter was not familiar with this, with this way of fishing. But, um, you know, we feel, we feel put out a little bit uh, when we're asked to do something. I think uh, Youth Sunday was this morning, or it's this morning, and we had a bunch of the youth come in uh, and the teenagers come in this morning to early to, to prepare for you guys to come in. And there was this one little girl, she's, uh, I think she's going into sixth grade, and she didn't have a job. And there's poor Richard Allen over there. He's always scrubbing the toilets, you know, and he's just working his butt off over there, just serving like a faithful servant. And there's this little girl, she's like, hey, what can I do? And I was like, do you want to help in uh, toilets and clean bathrooms? She's like, okay. And she just totally goes for it. You know, it's like such a, such a servant heart. And she didn't feel put out by me asking her. She was like, okay, I'm here to serve. And if that's what I'm here to do, then whatever task you have for me, Lord, I will do, and I will be faithful to do it. You know, and sometimes I think we feel, me included, feel put out when, um, when we had done something. We had fished all night and Jesus asked us to put out, you know, put out a little from the land. And, um, you know, Peter didn't make excuses. Peter did not make excuses. You know, the number one excuse that I would have used in that situation was, Lord, we've already fished all night. We're not going to catch anything. I failed once. Why do you want me to fail again? Do you want, you know, like walk around like Eeyore with my head down and my tail between my legs, like, oh, I've, I've already blown it. You know, I've already, I can't catch any fish. And yet he didn't do that. He was faithful enough uh, to, to listen to the Lord and, and he let down his nets. You know, Peter didn't make excuses. He listened to the Lord. Why did he listen to the Lord? Because he was close enough to him. He pressed in to hear the word of God. And I think that's key for us this morning is that we need to press in to hear the word of God. I'm not saying only press in when I'm here because then, you know, Pastor Ted is here next week, you know, forget about it. No, it has nothing to do with who's speaking. It has to do with the word of God going forth and being living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, the, the word is to, um, designed to pierce our hearts. It's not designed to bounce off us and, you know, we have our own shield up 
Um, and then, you know, the word bounces off us and goes back. And that's not the way it's designed. It's designed to pierce our hearts. It's designed to, to change our lives. You know, Peter did one thing that I, uh, that I think we all should do and we all should learn from is that he put action to his faith. He didn't say, okay, Lord, I'll let down my nets and then just stood there and with his arms crossed. No, he actually physically picked up his nets and dropped them down. You know, he put feet to his faith. When God calls us to do something, when God, you know, speaks to us in a certain way and says, you know, go talk to that person or, you know, the example I like to use in the youth group is, you know, there's a lot of cliques in high school and junior high, a lot of them. And there's going to be that kid sitting alone at the lunch table and uh, no one's going to talk to him. And so what my encouragement is, hey, you know, go talk to that person. Who knows what they're doing? They could be having the worst day of their life and you just saying hi to them, someone they've never even known before, could change their life like that. And so if we would listen to the Lord, if we would put action to our, to our faith, if we would be doers of the word and not hearers only, like Pastor Ted says so often, um, you know, I think that we would be able to impact people in, in, in a certain way that um, would change their lives forever. Um, it's not us doing the changing of the lives, but it's Jesus Christ working through us to reach out to those people. Um, Peter was ready for God's call. Um, he, he washed his nets. We look back and we see that the fisherman had gone from the boat and he washed his nets. Um, and I told you before that, you know, the reason you wash your nets is so you can be ready to, uh, to use them the, the next time they're needed. And, uh, you know, Peter wasn't just, um, he fished all night, but he wasn't lazy. He actually washed his nets and got prepared. You know, I think in, in the same way we can use washing the nets as a, as a, as a illustration of, you know, cleaning the junk out of our lives. You know, if, if we're, if we're so full of, of gunk and, and junk, you know, how can the Lord use us? I mean, the Lord can do what he wants, but the Lord wants to use us in a certain way till we impact others. You know, how do we lead? We lead by example, right? That's the best way. I mean, my favorite movie, one of them is Remember the Titans, you know, and it, it's lead by example. I just love that movie, and that's how we should be as Christians. You know, you think of like the little sample shampoo bottle, you know, what's that a sample of? It's a sample of the bigger picture, right? It's a sample of the full, you know, the big, the big guy. And we're supposed to be samples, that little shampoo, little hotel samples. That's what we're called to be of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus Christ is the big plus bottle, and we're the, you know, the little tiny ones. It's still the same thing, right? But he's on a much grander scale, right? He can wash many a hair Well, we got just a little bit. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, Peter, Peter was ready for God's call. And I think, it, you know, if we were, God doesn't call us to clean the junk out of our lives before we come to him. Don't, don't get me mistaken. God doesn't say, hey, Mike, I want you, you know, to, to clean up your act and clean up your life and then come to Jesus. No, Jesus says, come to me the way you are. I will clean you. And then once we're saved and once we've asked Jesus Christ into our heart, then we need to you know, quit being lazy as Christians. I mean, I'm guilty of the same thing. And we need to make sure we clean the junk out of our lives. You know? That which was acceptable before we accepted the Lord is not no longer acceptable. The movies I used to watch before I was saved... Um, and the movies I watch now are just, you know, opposite. I got a kid now, so it's all like Yo Gabba Gabba, and you know, and which is actually a pretty cool show. And but, uh, but you know what I mean? Like, we're not called as Christians to be like the world. We're supposed to be um, transformed by the Word, right? We're not supposed to be conformed to this world, but transformed by Jesus Christ. And so, therefore, we need to be ready when God does put a call in our lives. We need to make sure we got our nets clean and prepared and ready to rock and roll. Um, so, you know, just um, as believers, we just it's important, guys. It's really important that we're able to be used by God. God doesn't. Um, God can use anyone. If, if He didn't use me to do the youth group, He would use somebody else. But I'm just so glad that I was faithful enough and that I obeyed the Lord's call in my life, and that God is using me because I am getting blessed beyond belief. I mean, I never thought in a million years I'd be up here speaking, and it's still kind of a trip. And I, 
hope I'm not bombing it for you guys, but you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, the Lord just uh, he, he's crazy. I mean, he he'll do he'll use the stupid people like me to to teach his word, which is just wild. If you guys know me, I mean. Like to 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 the the you know that's how I read. I mean, it's just it's not like this. I'm this scholar using like words that you know. It's just God can call any single or any any of you guys. He's called me. I'm just about as dumb as they get, you know. And he called me. So why can't he call you? If you guys are, I'm sure, way 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 more smarter than I am and way more intelligent. It's just the Lord wants to use every single one of us. You know, don't say don't count yourselves out because oh I've blown it or oh I've got tattoos on my neck or or whatever it is. God doesn't care about tattoos. I looked at Nate and saw a tattoo. Right? <laughs> but uh, verse, uh, verse 6, moving on. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. So Simon let down his nets, and, um, and you know, he was faithful to the Lord. And he let down his nets, and when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets, was, their nets were breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Pretty crazy, right? When the Lord uh, puts a call in our lives and we're faithful, to, we're faithful to obey, look what happens. We get blessed beyond belief from it. Peter, I'm sure, wasn't thinking in a million years that actually when he put his nets down, he was really going to catch that much fish. He was just like, all right, God. You know, maybe he was thinking, all right, well, you know, I'll show you. you know, I'll put down my, let, my nets. I just didn't catch anything. And yet, you know, what happens? He fills the, the boat so much that it began to sink. And Peter obeyed God's call. And, and what happened? He got blessed for it. Now, that doesn't mean... You know, when you guys obey God's call, that all of a sudden you're just going to have a boatload of, of fish coming at your door, or that you know somehow if you um, you know if you serve in a certain capacity, there's just going to be a check on your front doorstep. I wish it was that was the way it worked, but it's not always. That's not always the way God God works. God orchestrates in different ways. Um, you know, God God bless me beyond belief just being able to hang out with with junior higher and high schoolers. Some of you guys were like, that's like the worst job ever. For me, I think it's the best job ever. I mean. How many people can say that they get to go to the beach and hang out with kids all day long and that's acceptable, you know? I mean, I've got a family, a wife and stuff, and I, you know, but I'm able, my, God bless my wife, she is so awesome that she just allows me and, and she understands God's call in my life and, and she enables me to do the things that, that, I, that God has called me to do and, you know, and God has blessed me beyond belief because of I've answered uh, his call. Imagine, guys, all the blessings that we will miss out on. Imagine all the people's lives that God wants to use us to touch that will never happen if we don't listen to God's call. If Peter had never listened to, to, to Jesus Christ and, and let down his nets, we don't know where Peter would have been. God probably would have used somebody else to, to be Peter. I mean, Peter's a cornerstone of the church. You know, he says, hey, Peter, look, you're, you're the man now. You know, you're, I want to use you in, in a mighty way. And it was because Peter was obedient and he, and he, and he re- recognized, you know, that God was speaking to him and he wasn't just going to be like, okay, God, cool. I'll admit, sometimes when I'm having a conversation with people, I just, I'm, I'm watching them, I'm looking at them, but I don't hear what they're saying. It's just so, if I don't remember your name, it's not because I don't like you, it's just because I'm, I don't know, I'm just wired that way. I, I apologize. But, you know, Peter didn't do that. He, he listened to the word of God. He pressed in, he got close enough to Jesus where he could hear him and it didn't just hear him, but what he do? He became a doer of the word. He became someone that took action in what Jesus Christ said for him to do. It wasn't like, oh, God, okay, cool, thanks, you know, see you later, bye. You know, he actually took, took what Jesus had to say to heart, and it changed his life. We don't know what that message that Jesus taught was. We don't know, but all we do know is that it changed Peter's life like that. And that's, you know, you never know. You know, coming to church, it's important for us to just focus in on, on what, is, what is being said. What is God speaking to you? And don't, 
don't be like, oh, it's just, you know, that's no, no big deal. God, you don't really say that. It was just my own mind. You know, a lot of times God's not going to speak to you with like thunder and lightning. He's going to speak to you in your own mind where you don't, where you don't think it's much. But, you know, if you listen to those and if you're quiet enough to hear Jesus, he'll speak to you. And that's so cool. Um, so, you know, just imagine all, all the things that we could miss out on. And imagine all the, the blessings that the Lord wants to bestow upon us that we're not going to get if we don't listen to the Lord's call in our lives. That just bums me out to think about that. I mean, I, I don't know who would be doing the youth group today. I mean, it would be somebody probably better than me, but the Lord used me. And, um, and from him using me, I just, man, I, I can't even tell you how, how blessed I am just to, to be a part of this church and to hang out with, uh, with you guys that are, that are in my youth group. Um, so Jesus called Peter to, to let down his nets. We noticed that. But you notice something really cool in that verse. Um, uh, but verse 6, and they had done this, so after he let down his nets, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish that their nets was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them, and they, uh, and they came and filled both the boats so they began to sink. Jesus called Peter, right? Did, do we see Jesus lifting, you know, pulling the nets up miraculously with his own hand? I mean, he could have done it like that, right? He could have pulled the nets up. They were breaking. The boats were starting to sink. I mean, it was travesty, uh, sham, and mockery, like crazy, right? And the boats was beginning to sink, and so much fish. It was just crazy, right? Jesus could have easily um, strengthened the boats, pulled the fish in by himself, and he could have levitated, you know, on like one of those cool boats that go on the Everglades, right? He could have done that, but he didn't. Peter had to do the work himself. I think that's key, guys, that when God calls us to do something, God doesn't call you to do something and have a good idea and then just sit on your hands and expect Jesus to do the work. I mean, I've been there. I've done that, right? Um, just just planning, um, planning youth group events and just planning retreats and just serving here at the church. I mean, it'd be great if Jesus did all the work, but he doesn't. What does he do? He enables us to do the work. Anything that we think we can't do in our own strength, we can't do in our own strength. And Jesus Christ is never, ever, ever going to tell you guys to do something that you guys that he's not going to enable you for. You may not be able to do it at the time, but Christ will, will enable us to do the things that which he calls us to do. God's not going to put a calling on your life that is, is too big for you and that is, is too much for you to handle. Well, in and of yourself, yes, it is too much and it is too big, but Christ is going to come alongside you and, and lift you up. And, and Peter didn't say, Lord, look at all the fish you got me. Thank you. And now bring it up and flay it and you know, package it and send it out. He didn't do that. Peter, God enabled Peter to do the work, and Peter still had to, to, to get off his butt, so to speak, right? And to, to put some elbow grease in and actually lift up the nets himself. And I think, you know, that's a word for some of us here today, and me including, that, um, you know, when, when God calls us to do something, it's time for us to get up and get to work. You know, God's not going to call you to do something and then just be like, oh, you know what, Dan, you're cool. You know, you just sit there, I'll do the work for you, but I'll still give you the glory and I'll still bless you for it. That's not the way it's going to work. God's going to call you to do something, and he expects you to do it. And if you don't, he'll get someone else to do it, but he's not going to do the work for you. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Um, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken in. Um, Peter's reaction to, to Jesus and to this miracle is, is perfect in the midst of the greatest catch of his life, right? I mean, has anyone watched that sh- uh, show Swords? Like, they catch, like, swordfish, and it's just gnarly, you know? It's like all this crazy fishing, and they're pulling up the, the fish for hours and hours and hours, and just imagine the greatest... I mean, Peter was a fisherman. This is how he made his living. Um, I don't know if there's any professional fishermen out there. Uh, I'm trying to grow my beard out so I can be one, but uh, move up to Alaska, and, 
and live off the the fat of the uh, whatever they have up there, the blubber of the. Ki- <laughs> but uh, anyways, that's where I'm heading. So in case you guys are wondering what's going on with me, if I'm gone, I'll be there. Just kidding. But uh, but you know Peter's reaction, Jesus, perfect. In the midst of the greatest catch of his life, I mean, he's a fisher. He's a fisherman for his career. He just caught so many fish. He's never even seen this many fish before in his life. And and what does he do? Does he say, all right, Jesus, you know, where's our next stop? No, he doesn't say that. He, uh, he, in the midst of the the greatest, most significant catch of his life, the only thing that he cared about, the only thing that he could think about is getting right before the Lord. He says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. You know, when we see the majesty of the Lord, when we see God at work in our lives, it shouldn't puff us up like, oh, look, what I just did. You know, look at the people I just preached to. Or look at, the, look at all the, I mean, look at Greg Laurie, right? I mean, he preaches like the salvation message to just thousands and thousands and thousands. You know, he could easily get himself puffed up. But he recognizes the Lord working through him instead of him doing all the work. And this is the same reaction that Peter got. You know, Peter, got, um, Peter didn't get puffed up and say, oh, look at all the fish that I caught. He recognized his spiritual bankruptcy, so to speak, and, uh, and fell down at Jesus' knees. You know, when we see the Lord for, for who he is, almighty God, like everything, our creator, um, our God, our father, when we see Jesus for who he is, it ought to drive us to our knees. It, it, ought, to sober, it ought to be a sobering thought that, man, Jesus Christ loved us so much that he, he gave his only son, right? He came down to this earth and was humiliated, was beat up, was, you know, his back was ripped to shreds for you and for me. It wasn't just because he felt like getting beat up and felt like getting crucified. The only benefit that Jesus has of that is, is getting to hang out with us for eternity. You know, Jesus did that for our benefit. And Peter realized, you know, just how awesome God was, not because he gave him a bunch of fish, but because the closer we get to the Lord, I don't know if you ever notice this, the closer we get to the Lord, the more we realize we can change and we can get better, right? I don't think anyone out there is, is, is perfect besides me. Um, but you know, no one, no one's perfect. And God doesn't call us to, to, um, be perfect. God calls us to submit everything we have to him, to fall down at his knees and worship him for who he is. And that's God, you know, um, it's just, you, you think that, um, okay, Paul, right. He's the chief cornerstone. I mean, the, he, he says, I am the chief sinner, right? He says, I am the chief sinner. I mean, he's like wrote half of the the Old Testament, or the New Testament, three, two-thirds of the New Testament, something like that. I mean, just every book you open to, pretty much Paul wrote it, right? And, and he realized that, man, you would think that he's got it all together, and he didn't. Just like me, just like you guys, we don't have it all together. But you know who does? Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, if we submit our lives to him, if we press in to hear his word, if we, if we you know, if we obey what God's calling our life, good things will come. It doesn't mean our lives will be easy. Um, actually, when I first started coming to the church and serving here, um, you know, and I first, I took over the youth group um, from, from Pastor Cody here, and, uh, and we actually were over at their house. We're getting ready to move. It was like crazy weekend, right? We're getting ready to move. We had a leadership conference like in um, uh, Palm Desert, right? It was 100 billion degrees and stuff. So we had our whole house packed up, and, and uh, we went over to Pastor Cody's just to hang out for like an hour, Sarah and I did. It was before we had Bella. And we went over there. And, uh, and by the time we came back an hour later, our apartment had gotten broken into my Xbox of all things with all my games. It was all packed up for him, you know, nice and neat. He came, ran off with that. My, my wife's laptop with all of her pictures from Africa. She went to Africa on a missions trip. 
Um, and Sarah, my wife, she lost her job like a week prior to that. On our way home from losing her job, she was going down the freeway, and I'm talking to her, and she's like crying beyond belief. And all of a sudden, I hear this loud pop, bang. I was like, what the heck happened? And she just started screaming or whatever. And now you'll see in our windshield, there's like a perfect circle hole. I don't know what happened. But just one thing after another. I mean, my work just dried up completely. This is the kind of things we can look forward to if we follow the Lord. <laughs> Amen? But, but no, I mean, my, my point here is not that our lives are going to get easy. All right, if anything, it's going to be the opposite. You know, it's not like we're, you know, it's going to be candy canes and puppy dogs and, you know, and, and just filigree flowers and stuff, you know. Uh, a lot of us would, would like that. I mean, I, I'd like that. Um, not a big flower guy. I've only got my wife flowers a handful of times, but it's more meaningful when I do give them to her, right? So, guys, don't overgive, overgive your wife's flowers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, God's not going to call us to a life of ease. Peter did something that he wasn't accustomed to, but he obeyed. He launched out into the deep. He let his nets down in the deep water in the middle of the day when he had fished all night. He must have been tired. I can't stay up all night. I start to pass out around 9 o'clock, 9.30. So Peter must have been just dead tired, but he listened to the Lord. He was able to listen to God's call. And because of that, he got blessed for it. Verse 10. Let me get some water. Verse 10. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to him, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Do not be afraid. Why? Why should we not be afraid? Why does Jesus say, do not be afraid? I'll answer that for you guys. Because when God calls us to do things that that we're not used to, it can become scary, right? I don't know about you guys. I don't really... I'm not a big change guy, you know. I like the living room to be in one way and just forget it. Sarah's like, oh, this is, it'll be cute, you know, and we'll move it around. I'm like, how is that cute? It's the same furniture in the same room. It's not cute. It's just, I, I, don't, I don't care too much for change, you know. I, um, I'm just, you know, I'm set in my ways. I'm stubborn, old guy, and I'm young, actually, but I tell the youth group I'm old. So they thought I was like 37 at one time. I'm only 25. Not that 37 is old, but um, <laughs> anyways, moving on. Okay, because, you know, when God asks us to do things that, that we're not used to, it, it can become scary. We can get fearful. And, um, you know, because God calls us to, uh, to do things that we're not used to, for me, that's, uh, that, that's scary. But God will never, ever, ever leave us hanging. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In the midst of your trials, in the midst of, um, you know, uncharted waters, in the midst of casting your nets down in the deep, He's not going to leave you. He's not going to call you to do something that, that he's not going to enable you for. And I think that's just so perfect because there's no way on earth that God, that I could even teach the Bible of all things. This is the most incredible book of all time, and God's calling me to teach it. That's just crazy. I, just, I can't do this on my own. It's not on my own strength that I'm doing this. It's because the Lord has, has, has called me to this, and thank God that I've been obedient to it, and he's enabled me to do that. Uh, verse 11, and we'll end here. It says, So when they had brought their uh, boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Peter's whole life changed. His whole life changed. Why did it change? How did it change? Peter's whole life changed because he pressed in to hear the word of God. He got close enough to Jesus where he could hear him. And it wasn't just, in, just that he heard him, but that he, he changed his life. He didn't just hear, but he was ready. He, how was he ready? by cleaning his nets, right? By cleaning the junk out of his life. He was, he was ready. He said, Lord, use me. He had the attitude of, of whatever you want. Lord, okay, I fish all night, but sure, I'll let down my nets. He was willing. He was ready to be used. His nets were washed and, uh, and he listened. And, and not just listened, but he obeyed. He put feet to his faith. He, um, 
You know, he stepped up. God's putting a call in some of you guys' lives. You know, every single one of us is called to something. You know, for, for a lot of us, it's, it's we're called to, to go to work and provide for our families and be the spiritual leader of, of our families, us guys. For some of you women, it's, it's, you know, go to work as well. And some of you, it's just stay home. My wife, God bless her, she gets to stay home. By the grace of God, she's able to stay home and doesn't have to work. Not that I'm so good, it's just that God's so great. And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for that. And God has not called her to stand up here and preach. God called her to stay home and take care of my, my precious baby. And, uh, you know, she's obeying by that. Don't, don't mistake me when I think that, you know, everyone's got a calling, and therefore you got to go start a church or you got to go, you know, do something. You know, God's called us to a personal relationship with him, and uh, that's the greatest call that anyone could, could answer. Um, you know, Jesus Christ wants that relationship with us. I know you guys heard that a million times, but, you know, you can never say that too, too much. You can never say that enough, that Jesus wants us, and he doesn't want some of us. He wants all of us. Look what Peter did. It says, for they forsook all and followed him. Peter didn't say, Jesus, you know, you hooked me up with all those fish. Let's, let's get in together. We'll get in cahoots. We'll, we'll start a, a fishing company. You know, it'll be called Peter and, jo- or Peter and Jesus Fishing Forever or whatever. You know, that rhymed. I didn't even know that. Um, fishing Forever. Um, but no, he didn't do that. He realized, he realized that, that he was called to do much more than that. You know, by pressing in to hear the word of God and by being ready, Peter, the word of God changed his life. It wasn't anything, the miracle didn't change Peter's life, but it was the word of God. It was him realizing who God is and for who he is. And uh, it wasn't just this guy that was a carpenter that was a pretty good fisherman too. No, he realized that Jesus was who he was and that is God Almighty. You know, if we come to church expecting to hear from the Lord, if we have that expectancy like Peter had, we're going to hear from him. But if you guys come and your, your arms are crossed like mine were for so many years and we're just like, oh yeah, I've been here so many times, it's you know, it's the same old, same old, you know, I'm here, Jesus loves you, and, you know, and that's it, right? And then we're going to come to church, we're going to leave church the same way we came in. My encouragement to you guys is to, uh, to come with an expectancy to hear from God, and God will speak to us. And it's not going to be in this loud, thundering voice. It's going to be, you know, Jesus came in, or God's word will come in the wind, it'll come in the, the, the subtle things. It doesn't have to be this huge mega thing. So my, my, my challenge to you guys and, and for myself this week is to uh, let, let, let's press into the Lord. Let, let's press in this week and let's hear what he has to say to us. You know, God doesn't only speak to certain people. He wants to speak to everybody. But we need to be ready and we need to be listening for when he does. So let's press in and let's be ready. Let's clean our, let's clean our lives out. Let's clean the junk out of our lives. We can't do that on our own. We need Jesus' help. But let's, let's, let's get our nets ready to rock and roll so when Jesus does put a call in our lives, we're able to answer and we're able to, uh, to step up and, and obey. And that's the last thing I want to leave you guys with is, you know, let's obey God's call. And I don't know what that is for, for most of you. I don't know what that is for any of you, actually, but I know what it is for my life. And I, I'm thankful and blessed that I've obeyed the call in my life. And, um, you know, God is blessing me through it. Um, I got a beautiful daughter, a smoking hot wife, and just things are good, you know, and Jesus loves me. That's just, I mean, what else is there, right? It's, um, let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we just, uh, we're thankful for your word, Lord. We're thankful um, just that you speak to us, Lord, that you don't just speak to certain people. You don't just speak to pastors. You don't just speak to, um, you know, Peters and James and Johns, Lord, but you speak to every single one of us. Father, I pray uh, this week, Lord, that we would just press into you, Lord. I pray that we would get so close to you that, um, that we can hear your whisper, Lord. Um, I pray, Lord, that you never have to shout to us. I pray that we get so close that we can actually hear you, you breathe, uh, like John, Lord. So we just love you so much, Lord. Help us to be obedient to your word. 
Help us just to, to be doers of your word and not hearers only. Lord, that's so applicable um, that you just, um, you're just awesome. You're great. Thank you for the many blessings in my life, Lord. And I pray that you continue to bless um, every single one of us here, Lord. But I pray most of all that we would just bless you with an obedient life. We love you and pray these things in your name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Cool. Um, we're going to be doing communion now. If you guys uh, are unaware of how we do it here, um, just as the worship team's playing their song, just uh, you come up and grab the juice and, and grab the cracker and go back to your seats and you partake um, on your own. You know, you just spend some time with the Lord and some quiet time with him. And, and the reason we take communion is um, not because it's like a snack time, but uh, because, um, you know, Jesus Christ's blood is represented in the cup and, and the shedding of his blood on the cross. And his, his body is the cracker and is representative of him being beat up and bruised and broken, his back ripped open for us. Not, not, for, not for his sake, not so he could say that he's cool, but, uh, but for us. Jesus Christ did these things for us. So what we do is we give back to him and we take care of business with the Lord in communion. So go ahead and come up and grab your communion.